and welcome to Raising Hell for one final time. I'm your host, Bobby Howard, with me today. Um, just It's just Stein, so just this me. is really just a, I guess, an XFL-specific rival talk, but we have to end, we have to end the pod just because, you know, we we made it all the way through. We've got to put a bow on it, so we're going to pop on here for a couple of minute, minutes to talk about uh, the XFL season as a whole, the Renegades, you know, just kind of kind of put it just wrap this thing up stein um obviously i don't want to really get into all the stuff with covid and all that so we're just gonna (laughs) let's just start off even though there was a shortened season how would you consider uh the xfl to have done in the first year was it a success um i'm gonna go ahead and say it was a success and i think the big reason it was is that if when you looked at after the season was over a lot of the players actually we're starting to get picked up by NFL teams, and I think that's a good uh, sort of segue into next season. And it's what it's like what we've talked about on previous podcasts is that we don't have to put the XFL on the same standard as the NFL. It can be its own little thing and kind of be a league that does promote some players to the next level. And um, I think it accomplished that. What about you? I, I certainly agree with that um, because I, I think really you got a couple names out, like you said, couple names out there. P.J. Walker getting signed was big. Our own Donald Parham getting signed was big by the uh, Chargers. Um, I thought it definitely, for half a year, did its job of establishing a brand, um, establishing a a style of football that was really intriguing to people. I think it definitely was more engaging than the AAF. I I, I think it's probably the first successful season of a spring football league since the first USFL. Uh, way back in the 80s so honestly obviously obviously didn't end the way they wanted to but you know circumstances outside of their own control but this is definitely something i think that has established itself as uh you know something that'll happen for a couple years so Mm -hmm. very happy with how it how the product turned out very happy with the attitude and how I don't know how the, how the league branded itself. You know, the, uh, encouraging cup stakes, the memes, the fantastic Twitter account. They certainly had a lot of fun with it, and I think that was a good good thing for the XFL to pivot to and not be too tight and buttoned up because it, it is the XFL. It's not a pro pro football league as we see them. So yeah, I think that was definitely something fun to pivot towards, like cheap games. Just everyone gets all liquored up. We're having a good time. The players are having fun, with especially like the interview stuff on the sideline and um, chugging Bud Light seltzers after the game, game all that, all good, that stuff. good stuff. Exactly. The, the Bud Light seltzer lounge was <laughs> awesome. I mean, that great brand activation there from Bud Light seltzer. You're flashing the can on the, on the screen that nobody can see. But, you know, Bud Light wants to sponsor. I'm holding a Bud Light seltzer right now. Please sponsor the pod. We're about to shut down until. No, no, no. We don't I mean, know that. <laughs> the sponsor. We'll just. Here's what will happen. We'll just. We'll just rename this rival talk. Get rid of the old rival talk, and you know, ride, ride on the backs of all of our renegades followers. Or just merge. Yeah, yeah somehow, somehow merge, merge the rival, rival talk. talk. We'll just, we'll just put, put the XFL, the XFL into that. Ride. We'll just yeah, cut just this, cut and this. then it'll, yeah. it'll be great. It it'll be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in general, I, I yeah, I, I'm excited for. 
I, I, it's hard for me to say I'm excited for next year. We have a whole real football season and you know more basketball, but and the Masters in the fall, <laughs> the, the November Masters. Did you did you see? Um, this is off topic, but did you see that there could potentially be a game day? They were like they should put it at the Masters and have the biggest mashup of all time. Uh, yes, college game like, day. College game day at the Masters. Oh God, just. They just need to get real weird with it. The old, uh, the old golf media like Beecham would just be so pissed off that there's thousands of like college kids cheering at the Masters. Get those hooligans off the lawn! They're ruining all the grass. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't anyone thinking of the magnolias? That's probably that's not at all how Beecham sounds. The crowd's too loud. We can't pipe pipe the microphones in through the birds. (laughs) We someone needs to plug the birds back in. Um, yeah, no, it's that's gonna be weird. We'll we'll cover that later. Um, but anyways, let's let's move on. Again, this is a quick pod, but um, let's talk let's talk about the Renegades as a whole. Uh, how would you grade this season, uh, giving given your initial expectations, and then kind of finishing it out? Uh, I guess I I mean I probably have to give this season like a C. I think is fair because. We did see some highlights when Landry was healthy, when everything was rolling. There were definitely some, there was definitely promise, and I think our defense started to step up. But unfortunately, Landry was made out of glass a lot of the time, so that certainly didn't help. So that lowers my grade a little bit, and just the fact that we didn't, we didn't get to finish out the season. We didn't get to see what could have been. I know Renegade Jim can just like harass Houston online as much as he wants, but the truth is like. Maybe they probably would have won, but we also just didn't get to see any of it. So, I think I think a, I think a good, good C. C. I, I'll probably go just a cut under for you, C minus. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the injuries, you know, with the injury, the Landry injury was huge. Renegades, you know, two and zero with with Landry in the game. You know, completing a full game. You know, Renegade Jim, Jim will tell you about that all day. I fully agree. However, I for one am not going to let injuries. Uh, changed my expectations about the season. I had high hopes for the Renegades. Mm-hmm. And just a couple injuries, you know, hey, you, you should rebound from that. And, um, you know, I, I, unlike some folk who will, you know, try to bolster a season because they're hurt, you know, hey, I, I'm going to accept that Don't this know year. Don't that would be. This year's a disappointment. Um, Couldn't be could me. Be me. I mean, not a single home win, too. That's horrible. I, I, I'm... I wish I would have gotten to go to a game. I feel bad for Thomas, too, our fellow podcaster, podcaster that he went to at least a couple of those games. games And for all those – because Dallas had one of the better fan bases, too, I feel like. I think they had a lot of people behind them. Did we doom, like, sports as a whole by joking that Thomas and Ty had coronavirus at the start of the season whenever they were missing? Thomas, yes. Yeah, no. They kept missing podcasts and – I jokingly said they had they had coronavirus, and you said uh, it once, and I kept saying that did not age well at all. (laughs) Nope, nope. Yeah, no. This whole this whole this whole podcast stream did not age well. Uh, (laughs) Might need to jettison it. We're not canceled. canceled. We're okay. Everything's fine. fine. Hey, I self canceled. That's okay. It's okay (laughs) if you self cancel yourself. SJW Bobby, super a lone warrior in Oklahoma. Yeah, just canceled myself out. So. Um, I don't know. I'm being dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably a C-, but, you know, 
uh, we got to see some good performances. Uh, a couple couple wins in there. Um, and there's definitely there just a lot, a lot to be lot desired. To be desired. A, lot a lot left. left. Yeah, I I wanted to see a lot more, and I, I think that team could have really, you know, if when Landry came back, would have really taken a step and been a lot better. But you know, you got you got to have good backups, and neither of those quarterbacks were any good, um, which is just a shame. Uh, but let's. Uh, I gotta ask you this: of all the games played, what's your game of the year uh, for the Renegades? <laughs> um. <laughs> some some big beach boys. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> big beach boys. Does um, it work? <laughs> oh God, I don't know. Uh, so it, so it could be it renegades, could be or renegades or non-renegades. Uh, I mean, let's do both. Let's do both. Mm. God, what's, God, what's it's been so it's been long so now? Long I have quarantine brain. brain. Let me look at. I'll go. I'll just start. Um, okay, you okay. go. For, for me, I think mine. Mine are actually probably the same game. It's uh, the Texas Throwdown. Um, mm. That was my that was my favorite XFL game as a whole. It was close. It was good. Um, and for the Renegades, it was really you really saw how close to, like what that team could have been. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like even though they didn't win, yeah, that that sucks. You got to win games. Winning is it's fun and great. But taking that t that Houston team that was so much better than everyone else, pushing them to the literal last couple inches i thought that was the most impressive game they played all season um horrible game for landry but you know rebounded um and in general when i look back at this past season that's the one i'm going to look at uh that's that's what i'm going to look back at for this whole xfl first year is just just really good football okay um i think i guess my renegades when i would just to pick a different one than you, I guess I'll go with the Renegades versus the Seattle Dragons. Um, <clears throat> I think I would just go with this one because uh, uh, Seattle, Seattle brought, brought what, what thirty thousand fans. So, like they were beating all the attendance numbers, so it was really like the first big test I think for the Renegades in front of what starts to resemble like an actual big crowd for a stadium. Like it's starting to you know not a lot obviously, but by XFL standards that was a lot of people, and they went in there. And they took care of business, and they beat the Dragons, who mediocre team, but still is a big road test. Um, little did we know that the Renegades basically just played on the road like, like they went at home, home. Like, yeah, like like they were the, the home, home team. team, and then yeah, they, they just, just sucked, sucked at home. At home. But, but yeah, yeah, I'll go with that, that one. It, yeah, what a mess! Of that. <laughs> I mean, they just get one win at home for the for the fans. That's that's tough. But I, I agree that you know that Dragons game was was a big one, and you know shout out to the Dragons fans and the Battlehawk fans. Fantastic uh, efforts from them. Um, I mean, we, I keep thinking of good fans. You know, e- even you know DC with the Cup Snakes. Very, very awesome to see. Um, but Seattle probably, it's either probably Seattle or the Battle Hawks that had the best fans. I mm-hmm. think it's a it's a coin flip, just in terms of packing the place out. Did you did you have an overall game? I was thinking about the. Uh, I think you probably watched more of this game than I did. But did you watch the Roughnecks uh, Battlehawks game? Uh, I, I didn't see much of that. My mm-hmm. my overall game was also Texas Throwdown. I cheated and used both. I didn't get to see much of the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks, but I assume it was twenty eight twenty four. I think so. Those were some of the the better teams in the league. So I assume it was. I think it was a really good game. I was just mostly busy watching either Renegades or something else when we still had sports rip. 
RIP sport, man. <clears throat> it sucks. Uh, now let's just let's talk about our MVP. I think this is easy, but it worth it, it's worth to to just say who our MVP is. So it's clearly Donald Parham, though, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. I agree. I agree. I mean, that guy. Legit. I mean, in terms of NFL potential, check. He's obviously on the Chargers now. Um, in terms of big playability, check. The guy's fast, big, great hands. Just chuck it up to him. Uh, I mean, he, he was everything you'd, you want in an XFL player, you know, coming out of nowhere and really making a spark. Um, and I think he was easily the best player on the team. I agree. It was almost like a, a man amongst boys playing out there when he was out there because he not only had the 6'8 the size, but he also had that lightning speed for someone that size of 4'6". Um, and he truly was like one of the bright lights in our offense and helped us score points, especially when we really needed them in some of those, those epic end of the games when Landry would take us back. Um, yeah, I guess I'm happy to see him get a shot on the Chargers. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He, he definitely, he definitely showed, showed some to me. Uh, he, he would have been, uh, I really like that kind of H-back, that big position that kind of put him in, you know, super flexible. I mean, he wasn't an H-back, but... Six-foot-eight uh, half-back, half-back, okay. okay. Yeah, no, it, that didn't make sense. He's a tight end, but the way they, they utilized him, you know, kind of more nimble. He's just very lethal in that seam route kind of area between the hashes. Just the space where you can really eat up somebody with a tight end, he's perfect for that perfect size, speed. Exactly. Exactly. Well... Um, I don't know what else to really talk about with the Renegades. Um, we kind of graded them, gave our MVP, best game of the year. I got a generic, got a generic question, question for, you. for you. Yeah, of course. All right, All right so, so we assume because this is paid for for three years, right, the XFL will go on. I think we saw enough of it this year that we can assume they clearly were like, we'll be back in 2021. Two questions. Number one. Do you think we see an upgrade to the amount of teams, the expansion stuff we talked about? Let's start with that one. Um, I could I could see expansion, um, mainly because it all comes out of like, it all comes from McMahon, because the XFL you know franchise they don't they don't have a franchise model. Every team is owned by McMahon and the XFL, so really, I don't I don't know because. It really, it really is a lot to add all of those people onto the payroll. I think they probably take it safe and just uh, stick with eight. Um, they but that's might not really the, the XFL, XFL though, though, is, is it? it? Taking, taking it, safe? it safe? I mean, yeah, but in these uns- in these kind of uncertain times, maybe you just try to finish out a season first before you expand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think eight was a solid number. I. I I can't think of a uh, of a of a town that really really sucked at supporting everyone where they would want to move. New York, New York. Yeah, New York should be gone. That's a good. They they should probably relocate the Guardians somewhere else. So they'll actually give. A I, shot. Have an idea. I have an idea. I have a, I have a, I have a, place. a place. Where? Like I, like said, like in I said in the previous pod, pod because especially because, because of St. Louis, St. Louis now having, having a team, a team Chicago, Chicago would be would fun. Be Chicago would be great. Chicago and St. Louis hate each other in all sports. You need more rivalries. The, the biggest game of the year for the XFL was a, was a rivalry that was that close. And I'm just thinking because, like, like, Cubs and Cardinals hate each other. Uh, hockey, the Blackhawks and the Blues hate each other. I don't think – nobody cared about the Rams when they were in St. Louis, but now that they have kind of a, 
a renewed sense of purpose that there's a new football team there. If Chicago got one, I think they would definitely chirp, chirp each, other. each other. Well, I mean, just just think of their fan bases too, or like the Chicago fan bases between you know the Blackhawks, Cubs, Butt Bears, you know White Sox, all of them very loud, loud, very, very just, just avid, avid fans. fans. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's so notable. SNL had a skit on it in the '90s, so like. Uh, th- there's a reason why you know Bill Schwartzky super fans didn't take place in New York. It didn't play- take place in L.A. It- it's Chicago because that's a sports town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They-, they should be the Chicago Guardians or Chicago whatever. Find a cool team. <laughs> find a cool team name. I- I'm sure it- it's not hard to find. The deep the- dishes. The wind. <laughs> the wind would be the worst. <laughs> the Chicago the wind. The wind. Um, no, the Chicago, the Chicago deep, dishes. deep dishes. The deep dishes? <laughs> oh, God. Big slices, slices of pizza, pizza running, around. running around. The Polish sausages. <laughs> the Portillos. The, the, the Chicago, Chicago Portillos. Portillos. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, okay, oh, question two. On to question two. So, this goes without um, whether they did have expansion teams or not. This would probably especially be a problem with expansion teams. How do you see... Uh, the player talent and the talent level next year, especially because after this first year, we didn't even see a full season and a fair amount of guys got picked up. We saw PJ Walker's gone. Donald Parham's gone. I assume anybody that the NFL even remotely saw as a star, they even just picked up just to have as a part of a training camp. Where does that leave the XFL? Do you think they just get reloaded with people after this NFL season? Or do you see there being a decline decline in the talent? Well, I mean, there, there's always – I mean, there's a, there's a set number of roster spots in the NFL, meaning there will always be fringe guys you don't know about. And there will always be guys from, you know, JUCO colleges and, you know, D3 that just went under the under the radar. I, I believe Donald Parham went to a very – like a really small school. Stetson. Stetson. Yeah, Stetson. Texas. Texas. Exactly. So I don't even know where Stetson is. It's also, it's also a hat, a hat company. company. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a hat company, is what I I thought he was just a hat guy. Like they just <laughs> hired him hired him off the you know, Stetson factory lines or something. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I mean, really, there, there will always be guys to reload there. I, I think I think the biggest issue is you know maintaining the style. You know, making sure it's not sloppy like the AAF, where it's a grind out thing. If you have guys who can, you know, get in space, make plays, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna have spots for them. Yeah, you know, uh, it's. You know, only 32 quarterbacks. Surely, surely somebody wants to play. You know, that's you know number. I guess at that point, like 50, who mm-hmm. can really ball out. So, I'm really curious how. Um college will play in all this because we talked about people who are like fringe nfl guys but will we see people um either come out of college and maybe just go straight to the xfl for a year because they know they're not quite there for an nfl team and they want to prove something or do we see like that one west virginia guy i believe he was on the dragons the safety do we see someone who like played two years or something and plays their third year in the xfl instead of their like they lose their eligibility for some reason and then they play their third year before they're allowed to go to the NFL in the XFL. I wonder how the college thing will play in all this. I I think that's an interesting uh, question um, because at the end of the day, playing football for money should 
you know, should probably trump, you know, not playing football for money because it's it's a dangerous game. You can lose your career at any moment. So really, I, I think what you have to put into, you know, you would, you'd really have to have a guy who I don't really think that would ever happen because you, you, you would have to have a guy who could, you know, boost his draft stock, you know, um, you know, not playing in the it, not playing um, college football, but you know the the risk is is just just not worth it for you know kind of small potatoes money. Um, oh, so, so, so you're, you're saying like, like if a guy had a choice to just sit, sit out, out and train, train and, wait, and wait, you think, you think that's, that's better, better than, than like endangering like, like playing, playing XFL, XFL or something? Or something. Yeah, yeah there, there, okay. Or I, I mean, not only that, but let's just be real for a moment. Um, if you're an Ole Miss prospect or something, that bag man's offering you more than McMahon is. <laughs> <laughs> so you would, you'd have to be like this weird middle ground guy who <laughs> isn't going to get, you know, really off the boards, you know, in college. You know, maybe you're a, a second stringer. Maybe that's worth the risk. Okay, here's, a, here's third a third option, option for, you. for you. Someone, Someone who, is who is not a high, high prospect, prospect from college, college and they, they have, have just, just shit, shit offers, offers, right? right. And, and they're going to burn their eligibility, eligibility by playing, playing, but they play in the, play in the XFL, XFL for, like, three, three years right out. Right out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I like that either, because there's, there's going to be guys, guys grown men in the well, XFL. the XFL like wouldn't even want them, though. Would the XFL even, like, be on – would they even be on an XFL team's radar? I don't know. I, don't I guess, know. I, I guess like, my question's kind of going in on itself, because I'm also curious, like, I would assume – not to bad talk XFL, obviously, but I assume that, like – college development and everything that goes in like they're the everything that goes into playing being a d1 athlete probably trumps an xfl athlete at this point in time i think we can both agree like the food you get the training you get um i don't know the the development as like a player and the coaching is probably a little bit better better. yeah yeah Yeah. i i I, it's not it it wouldn't be worth it i don't (laughs) so um yeah. Any other questions before we kind of wrap this thing up? Uh, I feel like I had one more, but I'm blanking at the moment. Um, oh, last one, kind of related, but uh, I think does the does the NCAA's um, the being paid for your likeness thing that goes into effect next year, next doesn't year, it? In 2021. I'm not fully sure. That's it, it's a good question. Um, because I'm, I'm also wondering, wondering, we've talked about this in our sport management classes before, I think in our sport finance class we had, but like, how does that play into all of professional football when now you're getting, you can make some money in college, do people stay, and does, I don't know. Obviously it's not the big money that you'd make in the NFL, NFL but, but it's, it might it's throw right, a wrench in something, something somewhere. somewhere. Okay, um, well, here... The thing that's so weird about the licensing thing, it, it's a kind of a slippery slope because it really opens the door for boosters. Like, if I own, you know, Big Red Auto, I can come up to, you know, you know, Joe, random, you know, five-star recruit guy and be like, hey. I'll know, do a commercial, commercial with, with you or whatever, whatever and, and I'll just and pay you way more than I would pay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, or have a, or have like, all of your recruiting class together for a we are the world like style music video and then pay all of them way too much money it it allows too many slippery slope opportunities 
I, I don't I don't really I'm sure, I'm sure you know like you know how much like yeah. a stickler the NCAA is I'm sure they'll find a way to like tighten it up as they do with everything else so it's like I think in their head and for what everyone else is thinking this is pretty pretty simple for like if someone has a YouTube channel or like if someone I don't know like you probably have billboards in Norman just like you know like if you drive in Austin down 35 you'll see like the Coors Light, like, hook them thing, but you can't technically, I don't think, you can't have one athlete on there. You might be able to have, if you had, like, a group, but you might not, you also might not to make, make them look like anyone specific from the team. They might have to just be generic, generic players. players. You just, like, versus, shade out the face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, versus now it's like, oh, Sam Ellinger's on the Coors Light thing above I-35, and Coors Light's not going to be like, oh, here's a shit ton of money because Coors Light doesn't care. They're, they're national. They care about everybody, just business. But um, I think you do make a good point if it's, oh, so-and-so, if it's like, oh, that's Ford of Austin. Like, let's just throw a ton of money, money at him. him. Yeah, no, money, the issue with money and the NCAA always will be about boosters and providing an unfair advantage to schools with, you know, more money and larger boosters. Um, and, like, and like not to sound like the old man in the room but like and like I don't have a problem with people trying to go out and enterprise and make their money but I think people still have like they have this thing in their head and I'm kind of one of them too it's like there's just something odd about like let's say your favorite college football player was rolling up to game day in like a Lamborghini or something there's just like something, like something wrong, wrong about, about that you know, that, you know? It's, it's like, like like All they're the not a professional, professional player, player. They're, they're still, still like, like you want them to make their money but you still like I sound like the NCAA right now, but you still want to have, like, that little bit of amateurism left that's, like, they're just a normal college kid like all of us. Like, like okay, they don't have to go through all the red tape to, like, find a job. Like, we don't have to fill out all the forms that the athletics office will make you do. But at the same time, you don't want them to just be, like, making millions and millions because then you're, like, now it just seems, like, professional. Like, that last little bit of glory, glory is kind of gone. gone. I don't know. That's just it's, it's one of those things where I feel like I feel like, to me, we grow up where, you know, guys, where programs get got, you know, of like, oh, you, you know, Reggie Bush, you know, accepted money from an agent and got his mom a house, and we we're supposed to vilify this guy. Well, you know, it, it, there are so many bigger issues, but it's always seems, to, uh, giving your mom a house and getting money for yourself by doing nothing illegal, it's not like the guy's selling drugs or anything or, you know, doing anything illicit. He's just playing, he's just doing what he does well. You know, it's one of those things that I've had to look at personally over the years and be like, that's not that bad of a thing. Like, No, I, like, and like I said, like, I'm torn on it. Like, I don't know, I just, that's like a very small feeling I have. Like, I never want to really, like, restrict people from, like, especially because these people are already given, like, such they're given such star treatment anyways like as they should for what they're really good at what they do they're in the spotlight they have such pressure on them that it's like okay they should get a lot for what they do i always have the feeling that like this is really off topic sorry everybody but i'm i'm always left the feeling of like okay if we pay them and let them have all this then we should lower like they shouldn't get all like the free food and all that like just have them pay for that all that stuff if they you know, if they make all this money on the side, why are you also don't give them like all the free stipends and food and housing and just have them pay for that if they're making tons, tons of, money. of money? I I think we just need to just stop with the ruse that these people are just 
you know, nor- I mean, yeah, they're they're normal just like you and I. They're but they're also very, very different, different from every from other, other student, student on campus. campus. Like, like, let's, let's be, be real. real. <laughs> it's 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 hypocrisy, and it, it all. If if the NCAA just was like, you know what, just let them just pay the players, whatever, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. You know, that's just, you know, that's that's just. It's just Joe Mixon in the corner, you know, he's hanging out, having a good time in Cherokee class with me. The reality is, however you feel on this, one way or the other, NCAA is just, like, riding this fence, and they just can't decide what to do because they want to, like, have such tight control over something, but they also, like, are going to have to bend to people's demands at one point or another, and they're just in a very precarious situation. Like, they can't hold their position for much longer, which is why this thing happened last year with the... the um likeness being paid for your likeness thing so well it's one of those things that has gone on far too long and now we've gotten to the point where governments are getting involved california passing uh, that bill was landmark in terms of moving on and um you know allowing this to happen they really paved the way for that um and it's gotten to the point where the ncaa is we've always known they're a corrupt body but now they're starting to be like, hey, we need to start take, taking real legal action against these people because I, if you ask me, you know, amateurism is already gone. It's out of the question. Just pay the players. They're working hard. They're putting their bodies on the line. Um, and, you know, the, the NCAA just, the, just constantly making the dumbest moves the, the Trevor Lawrence thing where they were uh, he, he had a GoFundMe for uh, COVID research and they shut it down. I mean, <laughs> it, it, they are just the 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 most horrible, terrible run organization. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll agree with you there. Like, work, my work in the compliance office last year at UT, it's just like, okay, on the one hand, we're allowed from the NCAA to give all these people two hundred dollars stipends for either parking your cell phone bills and they just bring in all this paperwork and then I'm scanning all this stuff. And at the same time, they have to fill out like all these forms just to get a side job or anything just to prove that it's like, oh, not with a booster. Like so much more than like if any of us wanted to just go out and get a job, you just like fill out a job application, have an interview, you get it or you don't. But they actually like have to ask permission from the school to be like, please let me have this job. Please deem that this person is okay, okay for me to work, work for. for. Yeah, so like, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, they won't even let people work. It's ridiculous. It's I, I understand their concern. You know, OU had an issue in 2005 where... As they, our, they do. Yeah, well, we've self-reported and we're fine, but... Um, we you did the bare minimum, bare minimum of what anybody does. We self-reported and kicked our starting quarterback off campus. And I saw a ton, of, a ton self-reports of self-reports come in, but go ahead. Go but on. we, well, I mean, we... We did that. Go on, you know, no, okay. Also, go on, we on. did that in training camp and had to switch wide receiver to quarterback. Go uh, on, it's okay. Go on. Yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, come on now. We did the we we did the right thing. I know you're just messing with me. So, um, but the guy was just working at Big Red Sports and Imports and uh, would clock in and then go hang out in Norman and probably drink and then you know, someone would clock him out. But. <laughs> Uh, we already like, like this ruse, and it does. It goes beyond having a job too. I've heard some horror stories from some professors in my department that like even just going to class, like because they have to get scanned into class at UT. I don't know. Oh, you's probably the same. So they have someone who scans them into class, and then they're just like asleep in class, or like maybe somebody scanned them in and scanned them out who it wasn't them. Just like they're just going like they're cutting all these corners, doing whatever. It's 
Yeah, it's 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 whatever. But but I forgot my I forgot my overall point. But somebody in class brought up a good point one time that like whatever happens with this likeness thing, it will affect. And the XFL is part of this because it's a pro sports team that's getting paid. But that will affect pro sports in some way or another, whether it's how the sports teams get their the pro teams get their talent or how that's delayed or something along the line will get delayed because of that. What if here's something, what if the person is making more money, say they're a fringe person, right? And they get a league minimum in the NFL, but in college, because college is not the same level, they're getting paid a lot more. So they stay that extra year or something, or they decide to stay longer than in another sport. They stay longer than like the one year in basketball, just any sort of thing. It might throw a wrench in the talent pool at some point. I don't know. It remains to be seen. I just, the, if, the NFL has no right to complain because for years they've utilized a completely free source of development. You know, they, they don't they don't need to have a a triple A AAA team. They don't need to have a D League team because they just pull from the colleges for free. Well, I mean, they, they it's like it's like development in college and then NFL develops them like ten times what college did. The raw talents there, but the scheming oh, sure. and everything, everything else it's it i mean i'm more talking like the xfl the people who do not have the development talent or the coaching talent or anything like that from the nfl it's going to be tough for them maybe i don't know the, the xfl will always be a scrap league you know for the for the players who haven't gotten a chance yet or for you know the players who have kind of or has been like you know kind of landry um you know that's that's what that league is for it's for it's a pool for those who are you know who had their last shot, and those who are trying to make an impression, and that's I think always what it's going to be. Um, which I it's totally that's a good place, place to be in. in. I'm, I'm just hoping so- that like two or three years down the line, it doesn't get stagnant and people don't get like tired of being like, okay, this is just a scrap league. They're not getting any better. They're not getting any worse. They didn't expand because they wanted to play safe. We're just kind of watching the same thing every year, just like sub NFL football. What are we going to do, do now? now? Well, what, what's I hope I they hope find, find ways, ways to innovate, innovate and, and keep it keep interesting. It interesting. And, and I think the biggest issue with the XFL going forward, and it does actually have to do with the talent pool, is the thing that I think a lot of people really gravitate towards with pro sports is sticking on to the same athlete through multiple years. Um, and if every year your team looks totally different, you know, you're just refreshing, refreshing. I, I think that might get weary for some people mm-hmm. now there's a there's a pro side to that where you see teams who you know maybe you were shit the year before next year you're great you know better turnover yeah it, it could pose a problem because like just think about any of the podcasts we did sometimes think about how hard it was for us just to name people on the renegades the team that we root for just because you were like okay this is brand new and there's not a huge star talent that i'm so i'm gonna have to really dig and get my research and watch these games and figure out who i'm talking about that could be a problem down the line just not having enough recognizable people um our our, our first podcast we didn't know anyone but we tried (laughs) we tried we were like like, landry Landry, but he wasn't wasn't playing playing. landry and jeff bidet who did nothing (laughs) yeah Yeah. you guys were all riding the jeff bidet train train, which turned out to be disappointment it was good he was good as last year at ou so Anyways, I, I think that's all we have. If you like that little uh, stretch we had about uh, the NCAA and 
you know, eligibility. Rival Talk. Yeah, subscribe to Rival Talk. It's a Stein and I podcast. Updated. I, what do you mean? We haven't we done haven't anything done with it recently. recently. No, we haven't, because there have been no sports. We launched a podcast. We can talk sports. about innovation. We can talk. We, we can innovate and talk about innovation. We should. We should. We'll, <laughs> we'll come up with something. But um, subscribe, to, subscribe to Rival Talk. Our first two episodes are up now. Uh, we talk about basically everything in sports, not just OU Texas, but we do talk so I think, sometimes. I think, I think one lap, I mean, just the overall, everything we're talking about, we need more data, obviously. And I think we just really need to see that full XFL season. I want to see the playoff system play out. I just want to see next year how it goes. We need, really we need one, one full, full season, season is really yeah, what we need. You, you, yeah, we, like you said, not enough data. We didn't get the, just when I, I felt like fan momentum in stadium was going up. I know TV kind of, you know, dipped. You know, that, that was to be expected with, you know, something new. But uh, in general, you know, I, I was very impressed. So I'll be interested to see Vince McMahon is, the, you know, the showman he loves to do. He's a marketing genius. Um, I think he'll have some twists or some some sort of plot changes for us next season, so, so we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they add in. Um, but I, I think there are a lot of things to be encouraged about, fan perspective, and I think they try to get... I think we're going to see some improvements. I think we'll see a stronger XFL next year, so that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to enjoying that after uh, OU wins the Natty, so... That'll be a nice, super. Not a, that'll be a very good dessert after Spencer Rattler wins a Heisman and we win a national championship. So that'll be great. Can you tell Daryl for the record, I'm rolling my eyes as far back as they go. I would, I would do that, but your uh, virtual background is kind of a mess, so I can't see. So I look like I have face painting of DKR on my face. Pretty sounds much. like sounds it like, looks it like, like it. It, it, <laughs> it just, just looks like it's like, it's like a like painting, painting, and they just, just pushed push my, my face into it, and that's what's left. Well, friends, this podcast did not go the way it was planned, uh, just like the XFL season. But you know, <laughs> all things considered, we really enjoyed this uh, adapt, adapt and, and overcome. overcome. We we adapted and overcame, and we really enjoyed this brief uh, you know journey with y'all. Uh, thank you all, you all, for subscribing, for listening. You know, we we really appreciate it. Uh, we're proud to be the only Renegades podcast that actually finished the season. So shout out to <laughs> us. We started as the best Renegades podcast. We're ending as the best Renegades podcast, except for maybe the German one. That there was Dude, a Ger- there was a German Renegades podcast. We're definitely, we're definitely better, better than, than that A and M talking gauge nonsense. Yeah, no, um, we we definitely beat the Aggies. So that's that's great, but. Um, anyways, it's been fun. So, until next time, Stein, uh, anything we need to say before we sign off? Bye, Bye everybody. It's, it's been, been fun. fun. We'll see no, you, you in 2021. This is, is we'll, we'll see you on this feed in 2021. Until then, check out Rival Talk, where Stein and I uh, mm-hmm. talk sports and innovation in sports. <laughs> it's going to be limited, but, but we promise, promise it will it be will interesting, interesting soon, soon enough. enough. We're, we're, we're getting, getting through, through this, this thing. thing. Yeah, once all this once all this ends, it's going to be a really fun podcast. Mm-hmm. As things develop and come back and you know, plot, it'll be great. Um, <laughs> the, second the second week of October, of October will definitely, definitely be an episode, an episode to listen to. to. Yes, our yeah, 
though your Texas preview is going to be great. Texas, Texas OU, OU yes, yes, but yes. So, it's OU Texas, but... Texas, Texas OU, OU, but yes. yes. I mean, it's OU Texas. But it's, it's Texas, Texas OU, but it'll, it'll be great. It's Red River. It's Red River. Um, but anyways, everyone, you know, stay safe out there. Six feet, six feet apart. You've already heard all the shit, so... Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> For me and Stein, this has been Raising Hell. We have raised all the hell we can. We will see you next time. Subscribe to Rival Talk and raise hell out there responsibly. And <laughs> I don't fucking know. Bobby